And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Bruh. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We've got Trevon Edwards. we got Mo Dakil. we got Jay King. we got Jade Hoy producing. And we got a hell of a show for you today. We're going to get into our mid-season awards as we are at the midway point in the NBA season. Thanks to all of those 10-day hardships for uh, not uh, letting the season shut down at all. We're going to get into the Mavs being streak ruiners. We got Memphis surging, and we've got a couple of big injuries. And we'll start off with maybe the scariest injury around the league right now. Kevin Durant had uh, his own teammate crash into his knee, very reminiscent of the Anthony Davis play in Minnesota um, with the way his knee was hyperextended a little bit. Anthony Davis ended up, uh, I think the prognosis at the time was four to six weeks with Durant. The prognosis is four to six weeks with a knee sprain. And so this is going to shape how... The Eastern Conference and I guess the NBA as a whole is is going to look because Kevin Durant is arguably the MVP, arguably the best player in the world, arguably the most dangerous player in the world. And he's kept the Nets really not just afloat, but towards the top of the Eastern Conference all season long. If he misses a month, sure, they have Kyrie back part time, but now this is going to be on James Harden and the role players to really buckle down and keep their positioning up near the top of the East, maybe even hope to try to overtake the Bulls because the Bulls have fallen a little bit and they've got their own injury that we'll get into in a little bit. But just with the Kevin Durant injury, uh, Jay, when when you saw the play yesterday, I guess Saturday um, for the listener, uh, when you saw the play on Saturday, I know for me, my heart like sank. Like I was like, come on, man, we can't have this. And and at least it's it's nothing worse than a than a knee sprain, which is still serious. But four to six weeks is a lot better than season ending. Yeah, and it was such a fluke play too. Like it, it would have been. I'm glad it's only four to six weeks. This shouldn't derail this whole season. But at the same time, the Nets are just two games up on sixth place right now. These four to six weeks, he could come back. And they're out of home court advantage, which maybe is a good thing because Kyrie can't play at home. But, it was planned. But they they don't have a lot when Kevin Durant is not in the lineup. He has done everything for them this year with Kyrie out, with Harden not playing at the level he's played at in the past consistently. So much has been on Durant's shoulders. And and you do wonder if that had some some impact in the injury. I know it was a fluke. I know a teammate just crashed into him. But he was playing more minutes than he had since 2013-14 season when I believe he was the MVP. And there was just so much on his shoulders. There is so much on his shoulders. So you wonder what they're going to look like without him. And now Harden's going to have to be fantastic. There's, there's, 
do you, do you call Kyrie at some point and say Kyrie? Like, I, that's not. I, I don't think that's <laughs> we, gonna. We I don't really think, use I, you I don't think now right at this now. point. He's like, you know what? All right. I believe in like fighting this mask or this this uh, vaccine mandate, right? Like I, I believe in fighting all this stuff. I've did, but KD got hurt. I'm gonna change my mind. I don't think that's what's gonna happen now. I don't think that's but, the but tipping I, point for him. The one thing is when you look at the schedule, it you obviously you don't want KD to get hurt. But if you do, this is kind of a good time in the sense of 12 of their next 16 games are on the road. So that's really just four games where it's no Kyrie. Um, and it's just hard and at, at home having to carry the weight. Like I kind of broke a little bit in a way where at least they're going to have the majority of those games with theoretically Kyrie and, and Harden on the court together. Yeah. Trey, at the same time that that's a tough road stretch without your best player in an MVP game for sure absolutely yeah, yeah. and <laughs> a huge crater not for a guy that has done everything for them Jay I agree with but you it, I, I can't believe Mo thinks this is good for the Nets that I, I, Kevin Durant is uh, but let's okay. move on uh Trey <laughs> Trey do you think we could see do you think we could see James Harden try to get back to that that Houston James Harden mode or or is that has that ship sailed like where he's like he's doing everything and he's and he's played well lately and i and i think he's been better than most people give him credit for this season but i don't know if you can just ramp back up at the drop of a dime to to be the 40 percent usage guy who's getting you know 35 8 and 8 or 35 10 and 8 or whatever that's going to end up having to be I don't think it's solely on James play. I mean, I think it's more so on the inconsistency of the roster being complete mm-hmm. um, and the, and the role shifting. James is the third option and he knows that he's the third option in this, in this situation. But when his role is changed to first or second, that's when it gets inconsistent. So um, his early comments about like, what should he do? I mean, it's, it's laughable to some point, but it's really not because you're preparing a certain way mentally to lock in certain to the game the same way Patty Mills has struggled as being a starter versus coming off the bench. You have to kind of not overthink it as much, but that's the sports psychology of it. The Nets have only played, you know, 10 plus games with the big three together out of like over a hundred games, you know? Um, So this isn't something that's like, yo, Kyrie, go get vaccinated so you can play. They, you know, the, this is actually a good problem for the Nets because those rookies are forced to be in uncomfortable situations and learn their roles and be more um, of an asset than, than hurting them. You know what I mean? The game, the real game experiences. And they've been looking great. I think they have like one of the most sleeper um, rookie class. You know, Sharp's getting better by each game. Kessler Edwards has come in and been effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Duke Jr.'s got some couple starts. You know what I mean? And then, of course, Cam Thomas has been aggressive as far as a score. So, this just gets Cam Thomas a little bit more reps on the offensive end. And, um, you know, it's an unfortunate play, freak accident. Bruce Brown ass is out there flopping. He shouldn't have been on the floor. But um, <laughs> That's th- true. That's things, a good point. Things, yeah. happen that way. Things, things happen that way. You know, they're up big. It was a nasty game. You know, um, the Pelicans, they're not, they're, not, they're not one of the best teams, at the, you know, at, at the moment. And, you know, sloppy basketball is going to occur. You have to think about it if Mo and you are hooping at L.A. Fitness and guys are goofing around and someone says, hey, let's let's play serious because somebody's going to get hurt. Right. That was the exact play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he he could have defended a little bit well. He tried to get the tra- he tried to get the charge or whatever it is, the push off. And it caught and it and, and ironically lands into, you know, Kevin Durant's uh, knee. So 
it's a freak play. I mean, I don't. I'm really honestly blame shocked him, it doesn't happen I, more, Trey. Right, with that kind of stuff with guys, yeah. with guys flopping around yeah. like that is a really dangerous, and you don't know who's behind you. Yeah, you you don't know, and it's a it's a gamble. So I mean, uh, you know, I'm not saying that he should be fl- fine, but it should be a lesson to like you know across the league that you know it's it that makes the sport even more cautious and dangerous. It's not as physical as football, but those are the physical aspects of a, a, a weird play. And, and what it could cost you, you know what I mean? And luckily, he doesn't have any, you know, tears or something that's going to cost him um, a, a great deal. You know what I mean? I've seen somebody put out that, oh, he's been playing too much. It had zero to do with the minutes played. It's yeah, just he, a freak he, he had an adult just, fall into his you know, leg. Like, that's that's all it comes down to, you know, at the end of the day. But I think the Nets will be fine. Um, like, like uh, I'm not sure if it was Mo or, or Jay that, that mentioned that this may work out in their favor as far as, you know, home court advantage. Now that they're on the road, they have an extra body yeah. who they, you know, need. And also, do they test the market and go get someone? Not shake it up too much, but bring in one more person you know what i mean like yeah it's 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 have yet you know it's 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 normally lakers normally get rewarded handsomely in the middle of the season now what if the nets wound up with john collins or some crazy shit you know what i mean like want a humbug you know what i mean like we don't know but those are the type of deals that i i would love to see the nets get the rich get richer for them yeah or at least the buyout market right they were they were the destination for the buyout market last year and if you believe yeah. kevin durant's gonna be healthy then i don't see why you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be in Brooklyn if you're a buyout candidate this year uh, as well. Um, other powerhouse in the East, the Chicago Bulls, they had a, a, their own scary injury with Zach Levine uh, hurting his knee. Less of a timetable, um, I guess no timetable on what his return could be. So maybe that's good news. Maybe that's just like a week-to-week thing and and not uh, not worrying about Zach you know, hurting his knee or having a major knee injury once again. But Mo with, with the bulls, you know, they, they kind of came back down to earth a little bit. They got absolutely smacked in the second half of that, that Nets game. Right. And, and I know they had some players out and everything, but so did the Nets and like, we don't need to get into that, but the, you know, they get smacked in the second half. It, I think, I think the Nets went on a 47 to 10 run in the second half. It was like 71, 71. And then they went on a 47 to 10 run. Um, and then, uh, and then that game against the Warriors, you know, the Warriors, really, really handled them in that one with, and no Draymond. And then, and then they just brain farted away a, a game against the Celtics to finish out the week. So a tough week for them. I guess that regression was coming. Uh, but without Zach Levine, are you worried about them or, or do you think that they can maintain as well? No, I'm a, I'm a little more worried because it's just like, one is Alex Caruso coming back? When are they going to start kind of like, that's another defensive guy, at least with when Levine's on the court, you know, offensively, they can have that firepower with him and DeRozan. Now it's a little easier to lock in on this team with just kind of focusing on DeRozan for, you know, the entire game. And I think that makes it a lot more challenging for them without Levine, you know, being that that wingman or that second option that can just as explode just as much as DeRozan. It puts a lot more challenges on them offensively. And then, you know, now they got to keep up with them. You know, they got to hold the other team defensively and put points up. I don't know if they're going to be able to do both without Caruso. Their defense is beginning to slip a little bit. And I think that's going to be an issue for them. And teams are coming. It's really bunched up in the Eastern conference. One through one through five, uh, six, yeah. two and a half games separates, you know, the, the Chicago bulls and the Cleveland Cavs who are six. Like it's, it, it won't take much of a fall to, to lose position here in the Eastern conference. Yeah. And to your point about the defense, 
I believe over their last 15 games, they're 27th. Right. And granted, they've they've had a lot of defensive talent. For sure, they have, but like 27th. Like, that's, I mean, they lose that much defensive talent. Caruso's missed a lot of those games. Lonzo Ball's been out. Yeah. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. got hurt. Who was very good for them, got injured. Derek Jones Jr., even before that, like another guy with size and athleticism, Patrick Williams, has been hurt most of the season. So they've lost a ton of athleticism. And athleticism was one of the things that really separated them. You you look out there, it's Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr. Those guys are just freak athletes everywhere, plus Caruso and Lonzo, long and versatile. Just the athleticism around Vucevic is super impressive. Yeah. And so when you lose a lot of those pieces, what major defense great in the first place or very stingy in the first place, tough to play against, is gone. And, what, it, and what's yeah. funny, they're still 10-5 and five during that stretch, right? <laughs> so, like, right, the defense has been right. abysmal, Salute to DeMar. they're still 10-5. and five. Salute to DeMar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I mean, Mo's brought this up, like, the how bunched up the East is, is pretty incredible. Like, the Heater are, I think, a game behind. I think the Nets are half game behind. And then, and then yeah, everything else is, like, one and a half, two, two. And even, even the... Um, the Hornets, the Hornets are five games back of, of Chicago. Like it doesn't feel like the Hornets are only five games back of Chicago. It felt, it feels like Chicago, Brooklyn, they've just been way ahead of everybody, but that's not that big of a gap. With as much time we have, it's not a big gap at yeah. all. You know, like, I mean, Toronto's five and a half back, right? Like Toronto's in the mix there. Like it's, it's really, I mean, bunched the up. Knicks, the Knicks at 10. Yeah. Or just six, you know, it's, it's like, it's, that's just how tight it is. So, you know, and that's why I'm more concerned about the bulls with this injury with Levine. Cause you, everything Jay was saying, the athleticism, but now it's just, you know, your boy Vooch has got to step up, Zach. Yeah. That'll happen. I mean, we know, we know that if anyone can do it, it's Vucevic, right? <laughs> like, he's just got a history of, of, of carrying teams. Always to been the, the Vucevic believer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, they lose to the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get to the Mavs in a second. They lose to the Dallas Mavericks, but we had, what, an 11-game win streak by the Memphis Grizzlies. They just continue to win. They are way up the the standings now. They're actually, as of recording this, they are a half game ahead of Utah for the three seed uh, in the Western Conference. They're two and a half back of Golden State, as we're recording this, um, for the two seed. And so... Memphis, like I've talked about Memphis a lot this last week on the on the radio and just doing, you know, podcasts and radio hits and stuff. So I, f- I feel like, you know, I, I'm interested, Trey, in, in your thoughts on Memphis. I've seen some people who think they're legitimate and, and they're in the mix to to really disrupt the Western Conference this year. And I've heard some people say, like, no, they need one more person out there um, to, to kind of take that that scoring onus off of John Morant at least when it gets to the playoffs, right? Not for the regular season, but at least when it gets to the playoffs. Trey, where are you on the Memphis Grizzlies in terms of what they can do the rest of the season and into the postseason? Well, they remind me of that at that Phoenix team when they just acquired Chris Paul, yeah. you know, and they were trying to establish themselves and they made a run and it's like, are the Suns for real? Well, the Grizzlies are for real, but I agree. They do need one more player to win a seven-game series. You know, I think that they're would be a tough first round matchup, but I don't see them going all the way. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's teams like Golden State, there's teams like Phoenix, there's teams like Utah that I just don't see those teams really kind of having that much of a huge problem with the Grizzlies. I think that they can go seven and some, and, and it may work in the Grizzlies favor, 
but I don't think that there's just all out dominance on the Grizzly side. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't get there. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. regular season's cool because it's good to click in the regular season. And, then, and, and that's and, a big and, step and, forward, right? That's a big step forward from, from the last two years. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Absolutely, especially, you know, the development of, you know, trying to figure out what they, and they've, they've drafted well, they've signed the right players, they've, you know, they've built the team chemistry and things of that nature. They got some good bets. And, you know, everybody's aware of their roles and then and it's working in that favor. And I'm not saying that they're not a playoff team. They're a playoff team. They have arrived. They are, you know, John ja Morant's uh, popularity has continued to rise. His game has continued to rise. He's here. But again, with the deciding factor, how much do the Grizzlies have to rely on him? How much do right. they have to rely on JJJ? You know what I mean? How much Desmond Bain's cool. He's a good role player. Is a good role player, and that's the thing. It, it's kind of it. They're they're in a weird situation where, you know, they again they can win a they can win a playoff series, but they can't win the playoff series. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's a that's a good way of putting. It, I think like I, I would honestly be kind of shocked if they, if they didn't beat like Dallas or Denver or the Lakers or whoever they might end up facing that first round. Well, I get. I mean, I guess Denver could Jokic could just be a superhero and carry them but i don't like i would expect them to win all those series um but mo with with memphis uh you know and i know dylan brooks is out right now so they're not complete either um they need to get him back from i think what is it? i think an ankle injury um but there is just something there and maybe it's just that they're they're newer now so that's what's keeping me from thinking they can make a deep run but i think anything like if they make the second round Boom, successful season, no matter what this regular season looks like. If the idea of them making the conference Don't finals. Tell that to ja. That's a <laughs> straight. Well, yeah, that I know. Ja. By the way, I, ja, I own jerseys that aren't yours, so I'm sorry. Uh, I don't wear them, but I do own them. I know that's going to be a, a sore spot. Also, okay, real quick rant on this. Memphis. Oh, boy. Yes. Sorry. Yes. That's, a, that's a horrible giveaway, okay? Give the Vancouver jerseys. Give the throwbacks. You want to make fans out of these people giving in their jerseys for tickets? Save the tickets. Give them the Vancouver John Morant jersey. Give them Bryant Reeves jersey. <laughs> give them a, give them a Blue Dickerson. Edwards or a Greg Anthony jersey, okay? I want to see that. Give them the throwback. Don't give them the, like, the new colors, like the things that they have now, their regular jerseys. They're not good. They're not good uniforms. But you give them those Vancouver ones, you make fans for life. For life. <laughs> That's how you up the game. That's how you do the giveaway. Yeah, Smo, your thoughts on the Grizzlies? Rant rant done? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's funny because they remind me most like the Oklahoma City Thunder when they were young. You know, when KD and and Russ, and they don't have the talent at that level, but just kind of the progression they're going. Zach, you say the second round would be uh, mission accomplished. Home court advantage in the first round to me for the Grizzlies would be that's a successful season, regardless how the uh, the that playoff series plays out. Really? So you, you think know? like let's say let's say it's it's Grizzlies Lakers right in the first round or, or Grizzlies Nuggets in the first round, and they have that home court advantage, but they lose that series. 
You don't think there would be like a level of like, I mean, like a real level of disappointment there after the first half of the season is gone. I, I, I don't think so. When you just kind of look at the progression they made, right? Like they just missed out in the playing tournament when the, in the bubble, they, they beat the Warriors last year, get into the playoffs, win one game in Utah in the first round. Awesome. Yeah. You know? And, and so like, you know, just the progression would be like, okay, make the playoffs outright. Not only are they going to make the playoffs outright the way it looks right now, they're going to have home court advantage. Yeah. That's a massive step forward, you know? And I think sometimes, you know, in the moment we'll be disappointed, but I think when you look back, you're like, damn, like that's really, that's a step. That's a, a real lot. step forward. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a solid step forward where you're saying like, Hey, for a young team, and this is a really young team, you know, you're, you're looking at them going like, that's the progress you want to see from them and, and, and that desire and that hunger and everything. I love the way Morant goes up goes about his business on the court. I wish he defended a little bit better, but everything they got going right now, like they're a fun watch. Like I love watching this team play. If they get to the second round, that's like damn near a championship for them. I don't know if they're good enough to win a playoff series. I I love what Trey was saying. Oh man. I don't know, man. I, I think like, I think they can take Dallas. Like if they face Dallas, I know Dallas just ended their, their streak, but like, I think if they face Dallas in the first round, they would take them. I think if they face, uh, the Lakers in the first round, they would take them. And I think if they face Denver, there is a little bit of a worry there with the Jokic matchup for me, but I, I still think like I would pick them to win that series. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if I would pick them against the Lakers. Sorry. Like I'm still not playoff LeBron. I, I still, I'm still banking on that could probably win you a series, assuming AD comes back healthy. So that's, you know, that for me at the very least, that's a toss up. I don't think that's one where I would just say the Mem- Memphis is going to win that one uh, outright. So, you know, Dallas, I'm with you. They, they they should probably beat Dallas. So maybe it depends on the matchups. But overall, like, this is still a massive step forward for yeah. them. And, and, it, and you know, you got to be happy with what you're saying. Like, I thought this could be a top six team, but I wasn't sure they'd be the three seed. Right. Yeah. At, at any know? point in the season, right? I would, like, yeah. I would say you were point. probably sure they were not going to be right. the three seed. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You're right, Trey. You're right, you're right, Jay. I, I, I was pretty sure, pretty confident it, they were going to be, at best, the four seed. What, what's most impressive to me about them is just the completeness of their young players they defend they compete their their offense has taken huge strides like and and they rely on so many young guys it's all a young core like their best players are all rookie contracts like like super young guys and for them to play the the brand of basketball they do just the the selflessness the the just really just a cocky team, which I enjoy I love a lot. That. I love and I think that a lot of that is Ja Morant and Dylan Brooks. Who yeah. are just De- like no, Desmond Bain talks a lot of shit too, man. Desmond talks yeah, a lot too. of yes. shit. <laughs> and they're just, but, but I'm just, I'm most impressed by just a young group that doesn't seem to care about individual stats, anything like that. Like they come because they play the game the right way, but they always play the game the right way. And that, that's really tough for a lot of young guys to learn. And so I, I think Taylor Jenkins deserves a lot of credit for that, to to build that type of core from from such young guys is, is really impressive. And arguing about whether they can win two playoff series, like that's a win for them in the first place. Right. I, yeah, I guess that, <laughs> yeah, know, that's true. They, they've graduated to me into the tier with like Utah. I, I still put the Warriors, I still put the Suns in a tier of their own. But behind that, 
I think it's it's Utah and Memphis, and and for Memphis to do it like that's impressive. And I I don't think they're one of those homegrown teams that just surprise you with how quickly they've arrived. The the one thing that has been is every night in these close games, it's a different role player has stepped up, right? Yeah. When they beat the Warriors, it was Tyus Jones. From Zaire Williams, you know? From, from, from him. They beat, uh, I forget who it was, but John Conchar has a big game against yeah. Minnesota. You know, like it's, it's and it's down the stretch contributions from these role players. Those Conchar are the guys. Okay, those are the that guys. Yeah, that's why I just kind of went straight to it. Yeah. John Conchar. Keep, keep working on that, Zach. Contributions. Keep, keep, <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> but those are the guys I'm not sure can deliver in the playoffs. Right? Like those are the dudes that I'm Yeah, that's, I, I that's probably like, asking a lot, right? Yeah. And and they also don't have like John Moran has has become a pretty good three-point shooter, which is scary. But I'm not sure they have the guy who can just like go get that tough mid-range bucket when there's perfect defense. From the Warriors, yeah. You you hope that's for Dylan Brooks, right? But I don't know if that I don't. Like, he's so inefficient most of the time. I don't like. He, we know he's willing to take it, right? <laughs> like Dylan Brooks is not shy of shooting the ball. I just wonder if he if he'll be able to hit consistently enough to be that guy. Yeah, and it's tough in the playoffs when you don't have that like six seven six eight shot maker. Yeah, who could who that can be? Go Desmond get his Bain? own in the key moments. It could be, it- but. But I don't know, like, there's just a difference between, like, Chris Paul and Devin Booker running pick and rolls and getting whatever they want versus Desmond Bain and Ja. But maybe Ja can just do it in a different way. God, could you you imagine Ja Morant talking shit to Russell Westbrook and vice versa for seven games or whatever that playoff series would be? Oh, my God. That would be so fun. I didn't know I needed that series until That would be so fun. Regardless of how it ends, Denver to drop some games. Yeah, so that we Denver, get, we need we you to this, look, make this happen. You, we'll just, guarantee just help us you out. win the play-in tournament. Okay, we'll guarantee yes. that. Like you get that. We'll even give you a buy. Right, you get to go <laughs> straight into that seventh seed. But we need that. We need that Grizzlies Lakers first round matchup for sure. Uh, all right. Speaking of uh, the Dallas Mavericks, which we briefly mentioned them, uh, they ruin the Bulls nine game win streak, and then they ruin the Grizzlies eleven game win streak, but. The weirdest moment, it wasn't either of those. It was the Luka Doncic, Franz Wagner, little shit-talking thing Saturday night where Franz didn't even fl- didn't even score. Jalen Suggs scored, I think, on Luka in the paint, got an and one, and Franz walks up and, like, flexes and screams in Luka's face for Jalen Suggs. And then they start <laughs> getting into it. And Lucas starts doing the who the fuck are you? Like, who the fuck are you? Trash talk, right? Like, which which was good. But then he pretended to wipe away tears from, you know, from his face. And that's when I was like, that's so weak. Like, I think if Luca <laughs> just leaves it at who the fuck are you, that's that's great. But then he does like the you're a baby, you know, when like whatever that motion is, like wiping tears. Like, and I think that's such a a horrible way of trash talk. I just wanted more out of Luca there after such a big week. What would you have preferred? <laughs> I don't think he needs to do any kind of thing there. I, other than the, who the fuck are you? Once he does that, like I'm in, he's just showing like, he's putting his, See, his paycheck on the table, right? Like just, he, here we he, go. He, I feel like who the fuck are you is weak though. Cause, cause if you're a great player, you can always revert to that. And it's just too easy. I like when there's a little creativity. But doesn't involved. it, doesn't it cut to, 
doesn't it cut to like the core of like you're a rookie, you're down twenty, your team's the worst team in the league, and I'm Luka Doncic. Like, I think I think if you start getting creative against Franz Wagner in that moment, I think that shows a little bit of panic. I understand what you're saying, but I to me, you think Franz had him rattled? I think Franz had him rattled. Clearly. He did because because Luca went after him after the weird flex and scream from from Wagner like <laughs> off of Jalen Suggs scored. I've never seen that before. Gotta I'm, gotta love the magic. Oh my god, magic. always entertaining. They are entertaining, man. It's great, but it's fun. But the Mavs, they man, I am just. I am just enough confused about them to know. I don't know whether I should believe in them to like be a team that can win a first round series because they survive pretty well without Luca. Luca still isn't really in shape, but I feel like he's playing better lately. And so maybe they're poised to go on a run or maybe I'm just, I'm just confused because they ended the bull streak and they ended the grizzly streak. But Trey, like, what do you think of the Mavericks right now? They're getting Chris Stapps back from health and safety protocol. They haven't even had Jason Kidd recently because of health and safety protocol. Like, do you do you think the Mavs are dangerous or is this another first round and out team? Um, they're hard to to gauge on. You know, they what I mean? really you are. About, yeah, yeah. It's it's it. You don't know what team is going to show up. Um, like even them waving Willie Colley Stein. I mean, I didn't expect him to do all that and sign Marquise Crease to the. You know, for yeah, the rest of the that year. That was surprising. But, yeah. um, it was surprising, but like, you know, if anything, I, I just can't get over them trading Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a bad trade, man. It, <laughs> it was, was, that's an all time bad, bad trade. At the time, yeah. and it's bad now. It's really bad it's, now. It, it just didn't age, it didn't age well at all. But I'm going to say, um, I think that the Mavericks are going to be okay. I don't, I don't think that they have enough to, again, they're in a strange situation like Memphis that, you know, they can either lose a playoff series or they can take a team to seven games, you know. Um, but, like, over the top, you know, I, I I don't even like how fans are even pitting the whole Ja Luka thing. I mean, it, it's cool and it's a popularity what contest. Is, what is They're that right very now? Good players. I noticed that, like, <laughs> I have no the idea. other day. I have no idea. I noticed yeah. that on Twitter, too. Yeah, I'm like, where did this come from? Well, you know, you know, in NBA Twitter, it's, it's no way you can like both. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it is illegal. You'll get arrested. You'll get arrested. You have to to choose. You know, we got to the whole Trey Luca thing and now it's John Luca. And, you know, it's, it's always interesting because fan bases push and, you know, John is getting popular by the day. Um, But Luca's still good, man. He's just, you know, he's he's built like a construction worker. And, (laughs) <laughs> you know, but, but it's like it's like watching Larry the Cable Guy Tim's tear up on. the NBA, man. Like it's just, that was like, great. you know, he's 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 competitive, man, and and he really wants to win. But you know, it, it, I have yet to see him hit that extra switch and the, go over the top. They're going to make the playoffs, but if they they're going to get caught like sleeping on a team, and the team's going to beat them again. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. The, the interesting part to me about the Mavericks is that they've totally like flipped what they, what yes. they used to be good at. 
Right. You know, like they were one of the best offensive teams in the league. I think a couple of years ago, they were one of the best offensive teams in NBA history by efficiency rating. And now their offense is very average. Their defense is top five. And so that's interesting to me because I think there can be a formula there. If, if you're very good defensively, top five defense, and then you just have Luka to run the show and, and Jalen Brunson and to get you just good enough shots, I, I think there's a formula there to be maybe more competitive than they have been. Um, but but I don't know if I trust that defense yet. <laughs> and maybe it's just because of what they've done in the past. But but it, it's it's very interesting that they're a totally different team than they have been with very similar cast of players. Not even that, Jay, to piggyback on your defensive note. In the last 10 games, they have the best defensive rating in the NBA at 98.3. Yeah. Which is I would have never have guessed. Never that, once, you know. Never once, and, and yeah. that's and that's how they beat when I was, Memphis in that game. You know, they were forcing Memphis into turnovers. They were getting stops and then running out just, right just, off of those. Didn't things. they hold the Warriors to like eighty-two points? You know, right? It, like some, a week ago, something like, like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Like they held the Bulls to ninety-nine. Yeah, they it's, held it's, the Warriors to eighty-two. They held the Nuggets to eighty-nine. I'll just say what we're all thinking: Jason Kidd, Coach of the Year. It's. I mean, it's. It's time. Well, he's been out the last few games. Okay, right? he's assistant coach of the year. So, so yeah. maybe. <laughs> no, but it's it's just wild to see that from what we've expected, and I don't think enough credit's also going to Jalen Brunson because I think he's been a big, you know, like he's really stepped up in a way for them when Luca was out, and has continued when Luca has come in, kind of continuing to be a little bit of a playmaker, a little bit of everything for that team to make it easier for them to get Luca off the ball, to get it back to him. And I think that's been a, a, a big change for them offensively, which has kind of hurt the offensive rating a little bit, but I think it makes them a better team and it gets everybody more involved. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're one of the most confusing teams to me because there's, there's a lot to like uh, about them, but at the same time, I'm kind of looking at them like, yeah, like, Still not winning a playoff series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing, yeah. right? Like, our, like, man, I don't know that they should have been in position to be favored at any point. Like, they shouldn't have. No one thought they were going to win that series against the Clippers in the bubble, and they don't, right? And then I don't know that anyone thought they were going to win that series going into last year's playoffs, but then they went up 3-2. And, and, right. and I can't remember which order this happened in, but one game they were just awful offensively in the other game. They were just awful defensively. Right. And so they, they blow those six and seven and one of those ways in each game. And, and so I think that was the first bit of disappointment of like, all right, is this team going to get out of the first round? If they go into the postseason facing, like if the four or five matchup is them and the jazz, nobody's expecting them to beat the jazz. Right. But that would be a third straight year of like first round and out. And now you start getting into like that Kevin Garnett territory in Minnesota. Like you start approaching it like it, granted they went eight straight years of that, but you start, you know, you start, you, <laughs> you, start, you start heading that way. And then I don't know what you do with that. Cause it's not like, Oh, Luca's not good enough. He's clearly great, but it's, how do you put the rest been of the it around construction? Him? Yeah. Yeah. It's been the roster construction. I mean, Trey touched on it just right there. Curry for uh, Richardson. Oof. That didn't pan out. Yeah. Right. Like their big move this year was Reggie Bullock. Right. Like, not, like, you know, they, they're they're in that Man, tough I position. Lo- I love that signing for them too. I thought Reggie was going to be great for them. Yeah, and and so did I. But it's also they're in just such a tough position with the whole Christoph Porzingis, you know, contract and and what they're getting from him, right? Because they're they're paying him number two, number one type money, 
and he's like a, a, a very high level role player, maybe a third option, you know, on some nights. And I think that's kind of what's hamstrung this team so that they can't really add the stuff they need to around Luca because we're all just waiting, going like, when are you going to add a second playmaker? You know, and when are you going to add a legitimate? Is Jalen Brunson uh, not that guy? I like Jalen Brunson. I love Jalen Brunson. Yeah. I, I I love him. I just want to get Jalen Brunson to Boston. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, wait. Can we do like a Marcus Smart Jalen Brunson swap, or is that crazy? I would like to see Ooh. both those guys swap. I'd love to see Marcus Smart next to Luca, and I'd love to see Jalen Brunson doing stuff and running. I like things. I like that deal. That's a, I, that's I, a I think the Boston Celtics Boston's already a- Boston hates it already, but I, there's got to be some version of that we can do, Jay. That would be interesting. The the Celtics do need a player like Brunson. Maybe not yes, giving up a player like Marcus Smart to get him, but but yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Oh, I love that idea of him in Boston. That's that's a good call. Yeah, that, that, he would really help a lot, or just somebody like him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he's also the second best player on the Mavs, so. Which is a problem, that though. Can't be real. That's, that's that's my point, right? Yeah. Like, as good as Jalen Brunson is, if he's your second best player, you're not winning a playoff series. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's tough. Um, the other thing that I, that stands out when I look at their stats: Luca and Porzingis are both shooting worse than thirty percent from three on huge volume. Yeah, I mean, Luca just—I still think Luca can be a good shooter. He just takes awful shots. Yeah. He takes horrible three-point attempts. Everything is a step back. Everything. Yeah, they're all tough. And to, to your guys' point, like, you need someone on the ball to just get him some catch-and-shoot opportunities. Like, he should be taking five catch-and-shoot threes a game. I don't know. Maybe he is right now. I don't even know what the hell he's taking. But <laughs> but he should, he should be getting, like, he should be getting a lot of those looks just off the catch, right? Well, that's that's the problem, right? Like, Besides Brunson, who else is going to be able to create for him? Like they started early in the season trying to get Tim Hardaway Jr. being that guy, and that's not his role, you know. It's, right? It's, yeah, that's it's it's, it's fine. It's finding the oper- part of having a being able to be a good <laughs> catch and shoot guy is having somebody being able to pass it to you. you yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, that's 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 fair. the issue. <laughs> that's fair. He is. Uh, he's taking one catch and shoot three a game. He's hitting thirty nine percent of them. He's taking 6.9 off the or pull up three pointers a game. He's shooting 28% of those. That's a lot. <laughs> Good of Lord, man. That's so That's, many. You know, you want to see that more of like oh a three, 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 you know, like yeah. four to three kind of split. Oh you, know, you don't want to see it that way. way worse than I thought it would be. I thought I was going to look it up and it was going to be like, hey, he's taking four catch and shoot threes a game. He's shooting 30% on him. I was like, oh, well, fuck me then, right? But no, <laughs> this proves our point. Vindication. All right, speaking of indication, let's get to some <laughs> mid-season awards, guys. Oh, it's what everyone loves to discuss. If the if the season stopped today, who would win what? That's a little bit scarier of a prompt now after the last couple of years because the season <laughs> did suddenly stop one day. But if the season stopped today for not tragic reasons, let's go over. We're going to do coach of the year. We're going to do defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and MVP. So for coach of the year, for me, and I've been saying this for a while, for me, I think J.B. Bickerstaff, Cavs coach, is the coach of the year right now. Not that anyone else isn't deserving, but he would get my pick right now. Jay, who's your coach of the year? Eric Spolstra. Ooh, that's a good one. I think because it, it's not just the way they've played well through all the injuries and COVID that they've had. It's 
the level that guys improve under Spolstra, like they've got Max Struess, who was a Celtics cast off a couple years ago, and he's really freaking good now. Yeah. And, and Spolstra's not afraid to start him when he outplays Duncan Robinson. Yeah. You know, and, and and so I think when I looked at that Heat roster, I thought if they get injury problems, they're going to be in a lot of trouble because there's not enough depth there. And that Heat organization has produced depth. Culture, and I baby. think a lot Culture. of that goes to Spolstra <laughs> for putting guys in the right situations and also for seeing how guys can fill a role when they're not quite filling that you know like yeah. they, they were just grooming max Struess to be the three-point threat sort of like a duncan robinson yeah while he was out of the rotation for the last couple of years and now they're reaping the benefits and, and so i'm just wildly impressed by caleb martin's been a player for them like gabe yeah. vincent's been a player for them omer year seven's been a good player for them in bam's absence like it, it, they really just do plug guys in yeah, and, and they, they've had a, a lot of bad luck with with absences. Yeah, and and they've just kept going. And Spolster, I mean, it's it's been a long time that Spolster has been one of the best coaches in the league. But I think this job, even among all the great jobs that he's done, this job really stands out. Mo, what about for you? Who's your coach of the year? I would have gone Bickerstaff since you took him. I'm going with Taylor Jenkins. Ooh, okay. Just for everything yeah. we touched on with Memphis, no, like, none of us expected them to be in the top three at this point. And if the season ended today, that's where they'd end. And they're in the they're in the top ten on defensive rating and offensive rating. I'm going with them. Trey, who's your coach of the year right now? Billy Donovan. Great pick. Yeah, that's yeah. hard to argue with. <laughs> yeah, <that fact> <laughs> <laughs> Number one team in the East. No one had them being there. And some of this is like. Uh, like you gotta admit, like some with coach of the year is all is often like we didn't see this team coming, right? Right. Like that tends to be what it is, and and I think three of these four picks have definitely been that in terms of uh, Taylor Jenkins. I don't think anyone, as we said, no one saw them being the three seed at this point. Uh, no one saw. I don't think anyone saw Cleveland being good, and then and then with uh, with Billy Donovan and the and the Bulls, no one saw them as the one seed in the East at this point in the season. Um, I- I also love with Bickerstaff, the whole league is going small. And Dude, it's going to right. three, seven footers. He, he just decided, you know what? We're going to play our way and we're going to play differently than anyone. He put marketing as a small forward. I thought he was trying to get fired when he did that. <laughs> I was I, like, dude, are you serious? He was on the Gilbert Arenas plan. That's how, the, that's how he wanted the Lakers to line up. Remember? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it's like, it looks like the, like, this is. This used to be like kind of a promising thing. It looks like the Wolves in the mid '90s, where they had they had a center, right? They had like Dean Garrett, and then they Rachel had Kevin Garnett, they had Kevin Garnett, and then they had Tom Gugliotta. Like that was their yeah, front line. Was. Oh yeah. man! And then and they've lost two of their three best guards yeah. to injury. And Darius Garland's yeah. so good, man. He has been. And so everyone good thought they were going to be bad in the first place. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's an all star this season. Garland. There have been a lot of great coaching be, yeah. performances, though. Like. You look down the list. We could go. We could put Monty up there, yeah. Steve Kerr. Like we haven't even talked about those guys, and they they've done great, great jobs. Um, but you have to look at it. You have to look at it as the coach of the year is always the my bad award, right? Yep, right. Yep. The the it's it's always the coach that should have won it wins it the following year. Monty so Williams, whoever, maybe. 
<laughs> we get money. But yeah, no, nah, but that, I, you know what I mean. Like that's that's how it normally works. They don't yeah. never really reward the obvious first seed um, or guys that do all that. You know what I mean? Right. Or like Steve Kerr's not good the, like, this year, right? That's not gonna happen. Yeah, just I mean, I think he's doing an amazing job though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For, for what? For what? For the situations that's had. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he definitely deserves to get it. So. I wouldn't be shocked if he got it though, just on some my bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> but right. this is also a credit of how good coaching is in the league right now. Like I feel like the the level of coaching, there's not a lot of places you could point to and go, "That's a bad coach." Yeah, there's just yeah. Not, I mean, the league's gotten smarter, and they've gotten we got some really good coaches m- more than bad, which in years past was not the case. Yeah, if that bum Greg Popovich would get his act together, maybe we could have a, you know thirty across the board. Zach, I will fight you. I have to, by rule, like, you know, I, I will be fighting you later today. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever. And that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high value customers, drive higher revenue and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 that's linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 and get started. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman as seen recently styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, all right, let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. For me, it's Draymond Green. Uh, Trey, I don't know where you would go with this, but I think uh, I, I have admitted this publicly. I voted for Rudy Gobert last year, and then about a month after voting was in, I was like, man, I should have voted for Draymond. Not that it would have changed anything, but like thinking about what he did last year and dragging that team to be a top five defense. And this year, you know, he's missed some time and they've fallen off a little bit. But the way that he is defend, like he literally does everything for them. Does everything, has everyone positioned. It's a a no-brainer. He's got to be a no-brainer that is Draymond's year. This is Draymond's year because, like you mentioned, we watched a couple games where they've got like clapped nationally. You know what I mean? National games where I'm like, why are we even watching this? And it shows how much he's quarterbacking from the back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pretty much being the middle linebacker of this defense, making sure guys are there, rotating guys there. Even some parts of the offense of how things run. If he's not on the floor, it doesn't work. And you know, defensively, you know, he makes sure that that defense is elite. And he's like a he's a one man machine and everybody kind of builds off his energy. And I, I think it's, it's tough to hand out credit to one player for lifting everyone else around him. But Draymond's impact on everyone else is enormous. Like the amount of talking he does, the amount of covering up he does, the I, I just think he should have more than one defensive player of the year award. And this year, after a couple down seasons for him, last year wasn't really a down season for him, but the year before was. Last year, he still wasn't at this level. He's in great shape. Mm-hmm. He has been locked in from the jump. And that's a team that has a lot of spare pieces. Like, they, they're they're not a team that was loaded with players that everyone else looked at and was like yeah they're super talented and i think draymond has been the best defensive player in the year and and held them to a standard where everyone else is is at that level consistently too there's there's no player in the league with the defensive iq that draymond green has it's plain and simple the it's ability to, to watch how he blows up possessions like three or four times in the same play but yeah. but it's but it's the ability to read the play and diagnose what needs to happen in a split second and then get the the guy who's supposed to rotate to rotate there is something we really rarely ever see. And I think it's I'm with you guys, hands down. Now, it's, it's to be fair, before the city of Salt Lake gets pissed at us, with Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert out with COVID, health and safety protocols, that jazz team became shit. That I mean, that Jazz team became really bad, right? Like they lost in Toronto, they lost in Indiana, they lo- they lost in Detroit. They got clapped by Detroit. They gave up 126 points to Detroit with Hassan Whiteside out there trying to patrol the lane and do what Gobert does. Like they've been really, really bad. They gave up 122, sure 125. Well, just kind of standing that's a, there. That's a fair question. Okay, <laughs> that's a that's a fair question. <laughs> but they gave a 122, 125, 126, 111 in a 20 point loss to the Cavs. Like to be fair to Gobert and his candidacy, like he is going to be right there all season. But I still think it's Draymond. Someone put it to me like this a few years ago, and it stuck with me. If you want one possession, if you know you're going to have one possession at the rim, you won't go bare. At that time, it was like a few years ago. If you if you have one possession, you on the perimeter, you want Kawhi. 
But if you have one possession and you don't know what's coming, you want Draymond. You want Draymond. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's how it is to me. Like his versatility and his intelligence are just silly. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um, all right, let's go to rookie of the year. Evan Mobley seems to be the uh, the guy running away with this thing. Does anyone have anybody other than Evan Mobley as the rookie of the year? Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, any of those guys? Franz Wagner. If Jalen Suggs continues to get Luca pissed off, no, I'm just throwing some bad. <laughs> 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 no, I think I think we all agree. This yeah. it's not really that close. I mean, I'm a big fan of Giddy out in OKC, but yeah, he's been good. Um, you know, it, it doesn't come close. Mobley Mobley is looking like a year two year three player amongst his peers. And and I think with, I think with Scotty Barnes, right? He had such a great start, but as they got healthy, Pascal came back. Uh, you know, OG Ananobi got healthy again. Like as they've gotten healthier his role has become less and less. And it's not that he's not important. He's still very, a very important part of that team, but it's hard to keep that level up. Whereas Mobley, they need him out there every single game. I mean, Mobley is the reason why they're able to play marketing at the three. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Mobley and Allen, good, yeah. right? Like they're, they're that good defensively. It makes up for market. It's not like marketing's an amazing defender. No, at the three. It's it's, they, have, they have, they have enough backup behind him. Yeah. And w- one of those guys is a rookie, Yeah, you know, and doing it on both ends. I, I, I just don't think there's much of an argument. That's what's crazy about him. Is he's so young and just from the start has impacted winning in every way for them. It's like, most young guys come in, they can they can get a bucket for themselves. They they can do some make some highlights, but when you look on a play to play basis, what are they really doing to help a team? They're still learning. Mobley came right in and changed them. And I I mean I'm wildly impressed by that dude. Yeah, <laughs> the way he moves his feet for a seven footer is outrageous, and his instincts. You are- like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing yet, and his instincts are damn near perfect. Is that USC pedigree? Maybe that means he does know what the hell he's doing. I don't know. Like you think, like he doesn't know what he's doing at an NBA level, and he's this good. Yeah, it's 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 still going really fast for him. Yeah, right. Like wait, wait three years and just see what he's he does. Gonna, he's gonna he's, gonna he's gonna he's gonna like luck. completely dominate that defensive player of the year award for a long time. I don't know yeah, which young but, guys are are coming up in the, in AAU or from overseas, but he he's gonna dominate that award for a long time at some point. Going to be on a lot of old defensive teams. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, MVP. I think that there are seven legitimate MVP candidates right now. Seven legitimate ones. I think we can Who go are the six and seven. So, well, I, this may be let's a hear the whole list. Let's hear the whole list. All right, in no particular order because I'm going to be a coward. Kevin Durant, <laughs> Steph Curry, Demar Derozan, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, John Morant. And Joel Embiid. I think those are seven legitimate MVP candidates. Yeah, that's that's probably about the right the right list right there. And I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Joel Embiid. What? Right, well, right I now. I did not see right that coming. Whoa! I thought I was gonna get pushback for including him, and you're going no, with him as no, the MVP. No, no, I, I honestly, it's been the quietest run right now because all we do when we talk about Philly is the Ben Simmons trade, and we're not watching what they're actually oh. doing with him. Since Christmas, he's averaging almost above thirty points a game. He's been a beast on Wait, both ends of the court. What does that mean? Almost above thirty points a game? Does that mean he's I, under thirty I, I points? I don't remember. I, because last time, last time I checked, it was above thirty. I but I saw that he only scored twenty five the other night. I didn't know. That is a confusing. That is a confusing 
sequence of words almost above I was trying points. to dazzle you with that. I was trying to dazzle okay, you no, with that you so you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice. There. I can tell you this because this is straight from the power rankings, which you can find on theathletic.com that are coming out uh, Monday morning. Uh, over the last 18 games, now you can figure out when that started, but over the last 18 games, he's averaging 30.6 points per game. See, above 30. Well, um, yes, and but- then- <laughs> Almost that's right. Leave, leave, leave me alone. <laughs> um, but I just think what he's done with this team. Wow. They've won nine out of their last 10 games. They've been on a roll. He's been a beast on both ends of the court defensively. He's passing at a rate we've not seen him pass at before. Like he's diamond guys. He's finding the cutters. He's making the extra pass. He's he's the he'll kick it out of the the uh, double teams and he'll lead to a swing, swing three and all of those things. I honestly I'm just looking at it now because I don't. I'm not enamored by everybody else. You know, like it just really? hasn't been. It's one of those years where I look at it going like, I, I don't really want to pick an MVP right now because I think, like you said, it's a seven person race and I think any of them can win it. I just, if I'm going to pick a name, I'm going Joel Embiid I right now. I did not. I thought I was going to get so much shit for including Embiid. Wow. Nope. Um, nope. Oh no, not from Mo. Trey, who's your MVP right now? Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. He's been so good. He's been so damn good. By the way, he is he is your leader in uh, fourth quarter points per game right now. It was DeMar DeRozan all season. Now it's a Giannis. Giannis is, has surged ahead of him. Um, yeah, Giannis has been ridiculous, Trey. Yeah. Jay King. Um, see, I would have... I mean, if it stopped today, like literally today... <laughs> It would it would be Kevin Durant yeah. to me, yeah, and because of what he's done, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, for a team that's really had a a lot of flaws, a lot of issues, they've had so many variables. With is is Kyrie going to play? Is what what's going on with James Harden? Like Joe Harris has been out. The Blake Griffin just went from being a legit contributor last year to like maybe he's Dunzo Dunzo. And Kevin Durant has just played 37 minutes a night and been spectacular for all 37 minutes, carried them to a lot of wins that they probably shouldn't have. So he's hurt. He probably will drop out of the MVP race because of how much time he's going to miss. Yeah. But so far, the way he's played for a team that's been so wobbly, that to me is is the MVP. And Steph Curry was my early season favorite, but he's dropped off a little bit. Yeah, he's been he's been really yeah, bad at, over like the last month and a half. He's probably like at the at the end of the uh, like he's probably sixth or seventh on the MVP. Oh man, me. I'm so um, torn right now. Nah, I had to move him down, bro. He struggled, but I'm I'm with um I'm with um you know Jay on that as far as Kevin being close. Yeah, it's it's I think it's that just tough. Giannis, Giannis just up this Giannis just up this play up so much lately, and. It's hard to fight that, you know. What I mean, really like is. early on, I think we all, I think we all were like Katie, 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 and we probably still would have been them two neck and neck, just especially based off of you know the Nets roster and the things that he's had to carry with them. But Giannis has just been dominating against like very good teams, and you have to credit it. You have to credit. It. I can't, I can't I can't take that credit for him. He's like he's like Gobert. They're always going to be in the conversation. Yeah. They're always going to be neck and neck. That like if they win, you're going to be mad about it. But if they lose, you can be frustrated about it too because they're that good. You know what I mean? So like I'm not mad if it's KD or Giannis in this situation. And defensively, I'm not mad if it's Draymond or Rudy Gobert. 
I think having Steph sixth or seventh is way too low. I, I just got to fight back against that. But he's he's been, he's shooting like he hasn't like been thirty five percent from the field over his agreed. last like fifteen twenty games. Like it's been bad but, for a while. But they are thirty one and eleven, and they've been outscored by about three points for hundred possessions when he's off the court. If you look at their numbers with Draymond, they're just about as good with Draymond on the bench as they are with him on the court. Steph has been everything, and and it's it's hard to quantify his impact, and it's hard to say like. Because when he's missing shots, even he's still doing so much for everybody else to free up everybody else that I sometimes struggle. Like, does he deserve credit for but does that, how much but, of an but impact he count? makes just because he's out there? You know what I mean? And, but, and just because but he's does that really and drawing ca- but, so much attention. But does that make him the most? Jay, but does that really count? Yeah. I think like, that does, counts, does yes. that Does that keep him in the top three? Because, again, we had him in top three for a while. Yeah. And I feel that just how Zach Zach Harper, shameless plug, does the rankings. Yeah. Right? There should be there should be a rise and a fall. Yeah. John Morant deserves to be in these conversations. Jokic doesn't get enough love. Joel yeah, Embiid doesn't get enough Jokic. love. Guys, I've like, decided my pick's Jokic right now. <laughs> my pick's Jokic. And here's why. Let me let me let me give you these stats right Go now. Go for okay? it. When Jokic is on the floor for a team that is barely above five hundred. The Nuggets are plus 9.7 points per 100 possessions. To put that in perspective, the Golden State Warriors are the most dominant team in the league this year at plus 8.7 points per 100 possessions. So the Nuggets are better than the Warriors when Jokic is on the floor. When Jokic is off the floor, they are minus 10.2 points per 100 possessions. To put that in perspective, the worst net rating in the league is the Detroit Pistons at minus 9.3. So they are the most dominant team with him and they are by far the worst team without him. And I get it. You got to have more team success than what the Nuggets have in order to get an MVP. But you can't really point to like Jokic is even playing defense better than he ever has this year when he has to like he literally has to do everything just for them to not be the worst team. And that if we're going to talk about most value. That seems like the most value to me. And it's starting to be one of those MVP races where somebody like that could have a chance. Right. It's, for a while, it looked like Durant and Stephen Curry, like their teams were going to have great records. They were going to be. I thought I was going to pick DeRozan when, when we started talking about this. And now I'm just, I keep looking at the Jokic stuff. I'm like, I got to go with Jokic right now. It's wide open. Like, that's the thing. Like, you, you just can't make the, the decision now, right? Thankfully, the season's going to continue going. It's just wide open. It's a wide God, open race. Now you just jinx the rest of this day and the news that's going to hit because we recorded should, this should at like LeBron, 11 in the morning on a on the Pacific. Does LeBron deserve to be in ballots? For what? For what? For what? Have no, because he was a bad GM. And, and he's been a, and, and and he's not he's not doing a lot defensively, Jay. Like honestly, when you watch him defensively he's on the so weak side of things like that, he's not caring. It's I've seen it enough. Like I'm tired. There's the clip of the Jokic uh uh polo pass fake and then throwing the pass. That's how he's been and, playing uh, defense all year. Yeah, exactly. Or since he, he just, got back he, since he got back from the he, ab injury. He didn't move. Basically, and it was and and, and he, I mean, he bit on the fake, but then it's like he just stopped and he does it all the time. You can't I don't Jay, think he deserves to be on a ballot. Jay, they're they're a negative with him on the court this year. They're minus zero point two with him on the court, minus three point six with him off the court. I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think he now deserves we know to be there are some either. media members who will give him a vote. 
Maybe he not will, first how place. How many votes is he going to get? How many votes do you think he would get? What's the highest vote you think he's going to get? Not how many. What's it like? Does he get a third place vote? He's oh, I think he gets a second place. Wow, that would be. I bet someone votes him first. Crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> someone will vote him first. Oh my god. Trying to get in with the media. Oh trying to get in with his hey, look, their man, post-writing I need, look, career. I got this, I got this script. I, I need script. Spring Hill to, to green light for me. Got to get it in. If you're doing Space Jam 2, <laughs> I got an idea. A newer like. legacy. Yes, I got you. I got some thoughts, LeBron. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Basket Buds Athletic NBA Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to all of our podcasts. No dunks. The rest of the individual team podcast, make sure you're checking out the Daily Ding right here on the Athletic Podcast Show feed. And of course, what did I miss with Michelle Beadle? And also catch uh, the episode of Stargazing uh, featuring me. Yeah, that's right. Me. About me. With Yovan. You and Yovan. Chopping, chopping it up. Chopping it up about my career trajectory and uh, Entourage 101. No offense to the other guests. Finally, he gets a celebrity on this, on this podcast. <laughs> For Jay, for Trey, for Mo, for Jade, I'm Zach. Keep it locked in on The Athletic.